Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to dive into Paul Green at the moment and the situation that he's found himself in. Now, you will recall the day Paul Green was named as the head coach, we said we do not like it at all. We thought this was a backward step for Queensland and we've been proven right here. Uh, I mean, they had two games in Queensland. Massive advantage for their way. Big break to them. They lost 80-6 to over the two games or 76-6 to or whatever the fuck you want to call it. They conceded a heap. They scored a little. It's just the reality of it. They then went to Suncorp Stadium with their backs against the wall. This is where Queensland do their best work. Back against the wall as the underdogs, exactly where they want to be with illness coming in, Jairo, with guys getting ruled out, Reese Walsh, with guys not being allowed to play State of Origin on the morning of the game. This is where Queensland loves to be, the underdog tag, all the excuses in the world. They find a way. Last night, simply couldn't do it. And for me... It comes back to the coach. And we spoke about this a lot the day it was named in the lead-up to it. We spoke about the lead-up to game one. We spoke about in the lead-up to game two that I don't believe Paul Green is the sort of guy that's able to get guys up. I mean, let's have a look at Paul Green's coaching career and let's let's say a hypothetical. Let's say the 2015 grand final went for 79 minutes and 55 seconds and that game finishes the Brisbane Broncos take home the premiership. What are we looking at in Paul Green's career as an achievement? I, you know, I, I would say that there isn't really a heap there. We're looking at when he had an immortal and one of the best attacking game, players of our game, well, potentially an immortal, soon to be immortal, Jonathan Thurston in his team. They were pretty good. They were always relevant. They got all the way to the grand final. They lost to a Broncos team. Um, this is in this hypothetical world of them losing in 2015. But outside of that, I mean, JT retires and this Cowboys team... They look like an absolute shit show. I mean, he got them to two grand finals, but 
I just, I, I, I don't know. I've never really got it with Paul Green. I thought that once Thurston left, lost a couple of other big names, it just looked like the most boring brand of football you could ever imagine. It has been an absolute shit show up in the North Queensland Cowboys for a very long time. They've been one of the more predictable football sides until Todd Payton has arrived. And yeah, it took Toddy a couple of weeks to sort it out, but gee whiz, they look so much better now. They look so different to the North Queensland Cowboys I've been watching the last few years, which were the most predictable side of all time, playing 2015 footy. I think it's always shown that Paul Green, I've never really fancied him as a coach. I don't think he gets the best out of guys. I just, I don't know. I've never been convinced. And maybe I'm too harsh as, you know, as you could say to me, hey, you got him to two grand finals. Yeah, okay, he did. Yep, 2017. Probably the most impressive thing that he's done, to be honest with you. Um, 2015, they obviously won the premiership, but... And they got to use to get out of jail card at the very end. I thought Brisbane were the better side uh, that entire game until, you know, the last eight seconds and essentially just the minute and a half into golden point. But 2017, when he took that team without JT all the way to the grand final, that was impressive. But, I mean, how much do you put down to him or whether it's just Jason Taumalala hitting unbelievable form, Mick Morgan hitting unbelievable form as well, sort of a team playing with no expectation on them? I... I don't know. Just to, you know, there was obviously no expectation on them in that season. Uh, they kept on surprising people. They always came in at the underdogs. I've, I've just never rated Paul Green as a coach. There has been a lot of whispers coming out of there for a long time up there in North Queensland before he left. The players were just not buying into the message he was sending. And um, look, I've always sort of brought into that myself. I've never overly rated him. You guys all know that the day that they came out and said we're tossing up between Billy Slater or Paul Green, I straight away said it has to be Billy Slater. I don't care if he's got no coaching experience. State of Origin is not really about coaching. It's about getting guys up for the contest. It's about getting guys up for the fight. It's about getting punched in the face, walking back in at halftime, and your coach taking you to a new level. Now, last night, in game one, in game one, I'll go back to, they got punched in the face. They got their face beaten the living shit out of in that game. They came back to Suncorp. They got punched in the face early. They came in at halftime. And I'm sorry, they didn't improve when they came out. They came back out. It just, I don't think this is the guy for the job. And I do feel sorry for Paul Green to some extent because he's the guy that's coming in to play the song after Elvis. Wayne Bennett returned last year coaching a Queensland team that couldn't possibly win. The worst one we've seen in 40 years. They could not win that series. It was unlosable for the New South Wales Blues. It was a matter of time until they won their third series in a row. And Wayne Bennett an absolute masterstroke. And I still don't think he got everything right in that series. He waited till game three to debut. Um, our good little mate, Harry Grant, I think that was a mistake. He still got the job done, yeah? He got the very best out of uh, out of a hungover Cam Munster who delivered on the big stages. Origin 2, Munster got knocked out. He wasn't part of that contest. They got flogged in that game. And the beauty of game two was it was in Sydney. New South Wales absolutely gave it to them. And we all sort of went, oh, has Cleary turned a corner here? As it all started to change now, it's clearly become the origin player that we know he can be. Absolutely brained in that game. And then you flick to the change rooms at the end of game two last year. Wayne Bennett was sitting there giggling, laughing, even treated himself to a can of Coke. And I remember sitting there going, fuck, we're in trouble here. We are in serious trouble here. That coach just got absolutely flogged in a game that they could have won the series on and he's giggling and laughing and they were so relaxed in that change room because they knew that their coach would back them in. They knew that their coach would get the very best out of them in heading into the next game. And as I said, I feel really sorry for Paul Green because he had to step into big shoes left by Wayne Bennett after an unbelievable achievement. It was never going to be easy being the coach after Wayne Bennett pulls off an absolute Marone miracle during COVID 
in lockdown, missing a heap of troops, it was always going to be tough. You're obviously coming up against a tie, a side that is pissed off, that is hungry, that got their pants pulled down. You then had DCE give the big speech at the end. They fueled the fire for this New South Wales team, who was always extremely talented, no doubt about it. Always had the skill, always had the ability. All of a sudden this year, they get these combos in. They get the Penrith Panthers boys who have lost two games in, what, 25 weeks or something ridiculous like that. Two games in two years, essentially. Um, you get Tom Travojevic back, who is the most damaging player in our game. And if he's not, it's the halfback, Nathan Cleary. But for me, it has to be Turbo at the moment. You also get Latrell Mitchell back. Now, Latrell Mitchell has been playing fullback for the last year or two. I think he's been really good. I was very skeptical on whether he would make it as a fullback. I've just come to accept that he is a different fullback to every other fullback. And I think that's just the reality of Latrell. And the sooner you get used to that, the sooner you'll start to appreciate how much of a good footballer he is. But he went back to left centre, and I do believe that is his best position. I think he's a good fullback. I think left centre is his best position. And he proved last night once again that he is one of the most damaging left centres in our game. And here we had Dane Gagai marking up against him, who had the toughest job of anyone, I reckon. And it was made even tougher by the guys inside him, DCE, and the guy outside him, Kyle Felt, who simply were not up for the job last night, in my opinion. It all came down to what Paul Green was going to be able to get out of these guys. And for me, for them to concede almost 80 points in two games of football in Queensland, that says to me that Paul Green is not getting the right message across to these guys. He simply isn't. And part of me... Part of me thinks that Queensland was smart enough to know that this year was going to be tough. This year was going to be brutally difficult, and if you sent a guy like Billy Slater in there as coach, it probably doesn't end well. I honestly think that they put Paul Green in there sort of to hold the guard. A bit of a night watchman for those uh, for those cricket fans over there. Night watchman, hold the guard so that we can rebuild for next year. Coming off that unbelievable win, I think this was always the plan to give it to a more experienced guy, see how he goes, groom Slater in for the role. I believe you will see Billy Slater as the head coach of the Queensland Maroons next year. I think that is how it would go. I think you'll see Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston, these sort of guys take over because right now, Whatever is happening with Paul Green simply isn't working. You heard Cam Munster at halftime. I think it was Yvonne Sampson grabbed him and said, oh, you know, what's doing? And he sort of just went, well, I I don't know what's going on. What we're doing at training isn't working here. Guys don't know where they need to be. And you could see it in their football, especially when they got in the red zone. There was a number of times where you could see Christian Welsh. He was really rattled with where he had to be, really frazzled, pointing fingers, throwing his hands up in the air, looking around. Munster was the same. They looked disjointed the entire game. And you've got these guys who come from this Melbourne Storm system where they could have 35 injuries and they could bring in, fuck, you know, Cam Munster's son and he would know what to do. They got to that Queensland team last night and they were just in disarray. Absolute disarray. There's that moment where Kyle Felt should have scored. Brian Toto knocks the ball out of his hand. You could see the frustration on Munster's face. He was just fucking done with it. He was absolutely done with it. There's another moment where Val Holmes playing fullback. I've always said I think he's a better winger than he is a fullback. He jumps in, he comes down the short side on third tackle, kicks the ball dead. It just, it was not the play for the moment. That was a kick and hope. That was a kick and hope moment. And look, you know, everyone goes through those moments. I remember Nathan Cleary having one of those moments last year in game three, little chip over the top. It was never on. It was a kick and hope moment. And that's what happens when you get desperate. And the Queensland Maroons were so desperate last night, and I just don't think they had the right guy controlling them to turn it around. They didn't have the right guy to overcome a lot of obstacles. And to be honest with you, I think it's probably a good thing it was Paul Green. As I said, I don't think he will be the coach next year. I think it will be a one-and-done situation for Paul Green, and that is probably really tough on him. But this is what you expect when you step in and you're the next guy 
after Wayne Bennett. It was always going to be extremely difficult. The Maroons, they got so up for that contest last year. They lost a heap of troops this year. It was always going to be damn difficult. They had breaks go their way. Don't get me wrong. They had games in Queensland. They had a few things go their way, but they were also missing KP and Harry Grant, which was massive. Game one, they were missing Josh Papali and essentially Christian Welsh after the 12-minute massive loss. you got young guys in that team that... I don't think they're ready to be full-time origin players yet. you got Tino. We all love him. He's been sensational last year for Melbourne. Great for the Titans. Falling off tackles left, right, and center last night. He's a guy that's going to develop. He's going to get better and better. But for me, he's not a guy that you can really rely on just yet, nor is David Fafita. This is what I spoke about with Fafita, that I loved him coming off the bench. I thought he'd be so much more impactful because you can't trust him for 80 minutes. I know that's a hot take. I know that's controversial. I know we all love David Fafita. We watched the highlights. He scored three tries twice. No forwards ever. Fucking Who cares? Who cares? He does not play 80 minutes of football. Becoming a little bit of a flat track bully at the moment. I know he will grow out of that in his career as he moves forward. But this is something that Queensland, it is really tough for them at the moment. They're in a really awkward position where you've got a great 5'8", but the team structures weren't working around him. You're missing your best hooker, probably the best hooker in the game. Still, if I'm picking my Kangaroos team tomorrow, I'm still picking Harry Grant over Damian Cook for me personally. Um, but him not playing Origin, I can understand why people pick Cook, but I think Harry Grant is the better hooker. They were missing their first choice fullback. They brought in Reese Walsh. He was then out again. It has just been chaos at Queensland, but this is the reality of Origin. You've got to deal with it. And when I say you've got to deal with it, I wasn't necessarily expecting Queensland to win that game last night. As you all know, I tipped New South Wales to win that game. But fuck, I expected Paul Green to put some ticker in them. They lost 26-0. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 26-0 at Suncorp Stadium, game two, back against the wall playing for the Shield. That is simply not Queensland. And Paul Green, he is not getting enough out of the squad he's got. As I said, I didn't expect him to win, but they've got to show some fight. They've got to put some points on the board. They've got to get desperate. The amount of times they came close to points and New South Wales came up with the typical Queensland play saving tries at the last second. This has been Queensland's bread and butter for a long time. Last night and last week, or two weeks ago, whenever they played, Queensland, they got out Queensland by New South Wales. They are at a serious, serious crossroads right now. And the reality of it is that there's no one really coming through to jump into this side. You're going to get KP back. You're going to get Harry Grant back. As far as forwards go, you're looking very thin, though. Lindsay Collins will come back next year. He will be massive. Looking very thin. Not much is going to change here. You're still waiting for Fafita, for Tino, for Francis Molo to come of age. They brought a guy like Joe Offhangawi in for game one. That didn't work. That was never going to work. Let's be perfectly honest here. They are at a serious crossroads where they've essentially got to work with what they've got. 
DCE right now, if you pick the Australian team, I'm sorry, Nathan Cleary is going to be the seven there, without a doubt. There's no question about it anymore. Nathan Cleary, he would be the seven for the Kangaroos. DCE is the skipper right now. I guess they start to think, is it time to hand the keys to Munster? But who do you replace DCE with? You've obviously got young Sammy Walker. Do you want to bring him in at this young age, though? And this is where it gets tough. Do you play Ben Hunt at halfback, potentially? Are you sort of going backwards there? Do you just keep do you, do you keep DCM for a couple of years until Sam Walker is ready? I don't know what they're going to do, but they are at a crossroads. I just said it before, a serious crossroads and a very awkward crossroads. And for me, they need to change the voice that they're listening to. The voice, the head honcho, the coach, there needs to be a change next year because I just don't think Paul Green is going to get the best out of these guys. For me, I'd be looking around and I'd be thinking, you know what? Wayne Bennett is leaving the Rabbitohs, doesn't have a team next year. Do we hand the rails to Wayne Bennett? Is that the sort of guy that can lead us out of this? He did it for us last year. Personally, if I was Wayne Bennett, I would be seriously, seriously pondering whether it's a job that I want or not. Because you look at the New South Wales Blues, you look at the stacked guys they've got, you look at all the potential they could bring into this side. If every single one of that 17 was injured last night and you brought in the next 17... Jeez, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if they get beat by Queensland either because they are stacked at the moment for depth. It is unbelievable. We have never been this rich for depth. It's always been Queensland that's had this sort of depth, especially in key positions. The narrative has changed in the last 18 months and it puts Queensland in an extremely tough spot. I think they need a new voice there. I said it before the season started before the series started, sorry, that Paul Graham wasn't the guy. I think it's been proven that he is not. For me, this is Queensland's darkest hour. This is their darkest hour by far and away. To have two games in Queensland get slapped by that much, it's their darkest hour. And look, you know, points-wise, it probably is their worst two games they've played without me doing the numbers. But the reality is the game is easier now to score points than it ever has been. Um, you could probably argue their darkest hour was that night that Ryan Girdler scored 38 points or whatever. I think they scored 50 that night as well. And back then, scoring 50, a lot rarer than it is now. But the way that New South Wales are just taking the piss out of them at the moment, it is scary. It used to be, you know, for the last 20 years, if you told me that New South Wales are dyeing their hair and they're playing music and they're getting dressed up during the week after winning against Queensland, I would go, fuck, okay, we're going to lose game two. Queensland will look at that all week and go, beauty, you guys get ahead of yourselves. We'll just do Queensland's thing over here and we'll pull your pants down, we'll embarrass you. For them to show up the other night and not even fire a shot, really, I mean... I never felt like once that game kicked off, once Tariq Sims took that run, I never felt like we were going to lose. There was those first three tackles where I went, fuck, they've shown up here. But then when Tariq Sims took that run, Isaiah Yo took the next one and they got to the 35. I thought, okay, we'll be all right here. We're going to kick out of here. We're going to chase down. We're going to be okay. And they were okay. But Queensland, they came out hard. And as soon as New South Wales counted them a little bit, it was like Queensland folded. They then kick it deep to Kyle Felt. And Latrell Mitchell comes up with a one-on-one steal just out of nowhere. Queensland had all the momentum. They had all the pressure on New South Wales. And it's like Latrell Mitchell kicking a 40-20, essentially. That's that's the sort of play that was. There was nothing on. It was on their 20-meter line, a one-on-one tackle. And you see Kyle Felt, he sort of, you know, he didn't really charge into Latrell Mitchell. He lumbered up. He was happy to take the tackle. And Latrell, Latrell essentially looked at him and went, that's not origin, mate. This is not what it's about. This isn't you. You shouldn't be here. I'm going to take this ball off you. And he took it off him like he was a five-year-old. And for me, there was the Tariq Sims run, and then there was the Latrell Mitchell steal where I just went, fuck, on here. This isn't Queensland. 
this is not Queensland. This is not even close to Queensland. To then see Cam Munster walk off at halftime and essentially say to the commentary team, what the fuck are we doing? I don't know what's going on out here. That just shows that there is a serious divide at the moment in that side. A lot of injuries, I understand that. A lot of excuses, a lot of things you can throw at me, I get it. Weren't even showing the pride in their jersey that they should have been. They weren't showing the pride in the jersey that every Queensland team I have ever seen, especially every Queensland team that has terrorised me and every New South Wales fan for the last 15 years has shown, they didn't have it. They simply did not have it. You saw every time that a Cole Feltz or Dango, one of these guys got pushed out. There was that moment where Brian Tyo, he made that try saver on Cole Feltz. Did you see New South Wales come in? Did you see the energy they had? It was just something else. It was unreal. It is just infectious, and they believe in their coach. You saw after the game, when they threw the Gatorade at him, all the players jump on Freddie, how much he embraced them. That was Queensland last year with Wayne Bennett. They had that bond. I don't believe they have it with Paul Green. I really don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not inside those walls. Maybe I'm overreacting. But I've just never seen it with Paul Green, and I personally think they definitely need to make a change because what what we've seen over the last three weeks, it's not Queensland. It's not the Queensland Maroons. It certainly isn't. And I'm not saying Paul Green is a guy that doesn't understand state of origin. He's a guy that has played origin. He's been successful. But I don't think he's a guy that can get through to this current group. And I'm not saying it's an easy job. That's why I'm throwing up a name like Wayne Bennett. They're going to have to do something extreme to turn this around. I understand that. But Paul Green, for me... He's not the man. You've got a lot of legends that you could bring into that room. You've got a lot of guys that this current group would look up to that understand origin. Your Thurstons, your Slaters, these sort of guys. And for me, I was talking to Natty the other day, and I posed the question, which just seems crazy. I said to him, mate, before Queensland run out in game two, who's going to be the last voice they hear? Is it going to be their coach, Paul Green? Or is it going to be a Slater or a Thurston? And, mate, Natty didn't even hesitate. Natty is a Queenslander, didn't even hesitate. He straight away said it should be Slater. It should be Slater. He's the man that these guys will listen to. He's the guy that has been an idol to these fellas growing up. He's the one that has the runs on the wall and has shown that he understands origin. He knows what it's about. He understands the war that these guys are about to go in. For me, I understand Paul Green played. He played origin. He's not a guy that I would look at like the way that the boys used to look at Mal Meninga, like they used to look at Paul Vorton, like they used to look at Wayne Bennett, like they looked at Wayne Bennett last year, like they would look at Wayne Bennett in 12 months' time if he was the Queensland coach. With all due respect to Paul Green, I don't think he's the man for this job. And there's not many guys that are the man for this job. So it's not a complete insult on Paul Green. It is a tough gig. As I said, it's like playing the song after Elvis for you to coach Queensland after Wayne Bennett pulls off an absolute miracle. A very tough gig. But for me, he's not the guy. Queensland, they need to make a change. 